Hey guys, uh, hope you are doing well. And here we are in 2021. I know we're like 10 days into it now, but I'll be honest, when I found out that I was going to be doing one of the first talks uh, of the new year, I was a bit nervous because usually at this time of year, you know, there's plenty of energy for like trying out new things, for being positive and essentially hope for the year ahead, isn't there? Whereas that probably isn't the case for many of us um, in quite the same way at the moment. And I think it's fair to say that this year hasn't quite got off to the start that probably we were hoping it would. And so uh, I tried to find a little meme that summed up maybe how this year was going. And, um, and I found this one and I, I thought this one was pretty good. So have a quick watch of this. I mean, it, it has felt a little bit like it, hasn't it? Um, but um, when I was thinking about this talk, I was struck by um, how strange this new year is, really, in some ways. Um, with everything that is going on around us, like what are our hopes for this coming year? Uh, what are your hopes? Uh, maybe a better question might be, what is our hope in for this coming year? And how, as followers of Jesus, do we actually walk into this coming year with all of the uncertainty that we've become so used to? And um, to be honest, when I was initially thinking about this before Christmas, I was really wrestling with some of those questions um, and trying to figure out what I even thought about it. Because I was like, cool, personally, I don't even know how to like, step into this coming year um, and how to feel about it, let alone share a load of thoughts with you guys about what it might look like for us as a church to do that. And so eventually, after many thoughts, I'll be honest, I was pretty stumped. And, uh, and so I decided to go out for a run. So I went for a run and uh, a prayer from the Bible popped into my head. And it's a prayer that Paul, he prays uh, over the church in Rome. And it's a prayer of hope. And for me personally, I felt it was something that I really needed praying over me for this coming year. And then since then, we found ourselves back in yet another lockdown. And it feels even more appropriate. So I thought it'd be good to share with you guys today. So it's in Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 13. And it says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul in this letter, he, he's writing to the church in Rome, and he spent a lot of the letter like explaining the gospel and what that looks like, but he also has been trying to unite uh, the people of that church, both Jews and Gentiles, and reminding them that actually their, their hope is now in Jesus. That is where their hope is. Um, and we find ourselves right at the end of this letter, um, and that's where we find the prayer for today. So let me read it once more to you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflow uh, with hope. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Particularly at the moment with our current circumstances. And so I guess I want to ask you a question. What are you hoping for for this year? Maybe it's to be back here uh, singing in person with all of us again. Uh, maybe it's to be able to have friends and loved ones over for dinner and enjoy time with them. Maybe it's just to be able to hug whoever you want again. Or maybe it is just simply for COVID to be completely gone. And I know I am definitely hoping for all of those things. I can't wait. But the reality is we're not there at the moment, are we? And we actually don't know when those things will happen or even have any guarantee that they will happen any time soon. And so I guess the challenge for me and for you is how do we move forward 
still with hope, even in the midst of that. Because this prayer that we're, that we're looking at today, and loads of the rest of the Bible encourage us not to be hopeless, actually far from it, but to instead put our hope in a very specific place. And so maybe for me and you, the opportunity that we have at the beginning of this, this year, 2021, when hope actually is quite hard to find, is to recalibrate and reset our hope on the person of Jesus. And so I guess the question is, how, how do we actually do that? Well, before we look more at that prayer that I just shared, we're going to do that in a minute, but I want to really quickly look at how the rest of the Bible talks about hope sometimes. Because generally, it is, um, it's pretty different to how we might use hope in our day-to-day settings. Particularly in England, it's usually weather-related. We might be like, oh, I hope it's sunny tomorrow, or I hope it gets a bit warmer. I'm definitely hoping for that. Don't know about you. Or it might be about something a bit bigger. It might be like, oh, I hope I get that job. Or I hope uh, my friend gets better soon. Or I hope we can, we can mend that relationship. And there's nothing wrong with any of those hopes. But it is worth recognizing that hope in the Bible is less about what may or may not happen to us and is more about who God consistently is. And a definition that I heard uh, of this recently is that hope in the Bible is based on the person and the promises of God. It's the kind of hope that we can find in him even when we can't actually find it anywhere else. Because when the Bible talks about hope, it actually talks about placing our hope in God in contrast to placing it anywhere else. So it's, it's less about whether we are feeling hopeful or not and more about who our hope is placed in. And here's a, a slightly flawed analogy, but hopefully it might help. So uh, I play five-a-side football most weeks, obviously not at the moment, um, but each week I really hope that we will win. And um, sometimes we do, unfortunately, I'll be honest, sometimes we don't. But at the beginning of each week, each game, I look around at like, my team and who's available that week and who we've got. Um, I look over to the other side of the pitch at how scary the opposition look. Um, I kind of figure out how cold it is, how up for it I'm just feeling on that particular day. And then I basically set my levels of hope for that game, right? And I'll be honest, they can usually take a pretty quick dive within the first five minutes, depending on how it goes. But can you imagine if at the very beginning of that game, I turned around and Lionel Messi walked in, put on one of our white and black tops and started playing for us. My hope would all of a sudden be in quite a different place. And I would then probably be fairly sure that victory is coming. And it wouldn't be because any of the other circumstances have changed, but because of who my hope is now in. Uh, Not because of my track record or anything to do with me, but because of his track record. And I know it's probably not a perfect analogy, but for us, that is the kind of uh, assured hope that we are talking about. Not dependent on us or even our circumstances, but placed in a person. And in Psalm 33, uh, King David, he he phrased it like this. So Psalm 33, um, beginning at verse 16. He said, No king is saved by the size of his army, No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite all its great strength. It cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. And it may sound like almost strange to read it like that, but in the ancient world for many people, their hopes would have been riding on their their king's army or the empire they were part of, the things that they essentially hoped in to bring them security. And obviously, 
it's unlikely that today we're going to be hoping in the same kind of things. But there will be plenty of other things that we might look to for our hope and our security instead. It might be a job. It might be a certain holiday or a house or a relationship or our career or just for things to be back to normal this year by a certain point. That might be what our hope is in. But one thing that 2020 probably did is it showed us that many of the things that we've put our security in have kind of grinded to a halt in many ways. And all of those things can only do so much. But what David is getting in, getting at, sorry, in that psalm is that the only place that can really carry the weight of our hopes and our expectations is God's unfailing love. He is worthy of our trust and he is definitely worthy of our hope. And so I think maybe the opportunity that we, we have at the beginning of this new year is to say to God, look, God, there aren't many things that I can be sure of in this coming year, but one of them is definitely your unfailing love. And so I choose at the beginning of this year to place my hope in you. Okay, we're going to go back to that prayer uh, from Romans, but um, we're going to look at it from the end and then work our way backwards because the end bit, I think, is the most important bit that I don't want us to miss. And so it said this, it said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think the first really important thing to notice about this prayer is that it is a prayer. And I know what you're thinking, there's some serious deduction skills there, Ollie. Um, But seriously, this is a prayer which means that Paul is not commanding the church to just make sure that they are hopeful. That is definitely not what he is saying or what I am saying today. Instead, he actually assumes that they, they need hope and that they need it from elsewhere. And so he prays that God, the God of hope, would fill them and that then they would overflow with hope, not by their own willpower, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so right now, how, how hopeful are you feeling? How much has your like, level of hope taken a hit over the last year or maybe even over this last week? You might score yourself quite high or, or maybe even low, but the good news is that true hope, the kind of hope that Paul talks about in that prayer comes from the God of hope. It's not dependent on our ability to grit our teeth and just you know, summon the hope to get through it, but in the same way that Paul prayed for that church in that passage, we are invited to come to him who loves us and to ask him to fill us. Like the assumption is actually that we need our, our hope from somewhere else. And I know for me, I would I'd definitely say that I do. I know people will have found all kind of things challenging over this last year, and some of which will be far more painful situations than I've had to deal with. But for me, the defining challenge was and still is uh, the isolation of working from home. And you know, being cooped up in my house all day, every day, on my own has actually been a real challenge, a lot more of a challenge than I thought it would be, if I'm honest. And I've struggled to motivate myself. I've felt quite isolated. And I've just really missed the joy that I usually find in my job. And one day I was speaking to a friend called Christine. And uh, Christine, she, she's actually a vineyard coach. Um, and I had six months of coaching with her as part of my job here. And then we've just stayed in touch since. And uh, she is one of those people that when she speaks, you really want to make sure you're listening. And um, so I've basically called her my spiritual grandma. She's not a big fan of that title. But um, what I love about talking to her is that she asks brilliant questions and she really loves Jesus. And so we were on a Zoom call uh, a couple of months ago and we were talking about this, about how hard I was finding it working from home. 
And as usual, Christine wasn't letting me off easily. She was really trying to get to the bottom of the issue. And eventually she said something like this to me. She said, Ollie, you just don't know how deeply God loves you. And your frustrations with working from home are just another way of you just trying to earn it or achieve it. Essentially, I had put my hope in the wrong place, in my job and in my sense of achievement, instead of knowing God's unfailing love for me. And so Christine said to me, she said, how can you learn that? And I was like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, who could teach you? And again, being a quick learner, I was like, I don't know. Um, And she just looked straight down the camera at me, and she pointed up, and she said, he can. And her point being that when our hope is in the wrong place, or when we actually just don't feel like we have any hope at all, we don't just have to get through it. We can actually come to God and ask him, the God of hope, to supply us with it. And for me, that was almost a bit of a light bulb moment because those words hit me and made me realize so often I get frustrated either with myself or with a situation and I just leave it there rather than coming to God and telling him that I actually need some hope. Just like that prayer says at the end, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I guess for you, do you need to ask the God of hope to fill you with hope today. And so on the one hand, it seems that when we come to God in our lack of hope, he he fills us with it. Uh, He is the source of our hope. But then there's also, in that prayer, there are five words. um, As you trust in him. So it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace um, as you trust in him. Which makes sense, because for us to actually go to God and ask him to fill us with hope, it means that we actually have to trust him in the first place. We have to trust that he is actually a reliable place to put our hope in. And sometimes that's a really easy thing to do, isn't it? Uh, When life feels good and things are going fairly well, that comes quite naturally to us. Yet when things feel much harder, that is when our trust is really tested. And for many of you today, that might be the place that you're in, that it doesn't just feel like a simple case of choosing to trust in God. And you know, that's okay. The Bible's pretty honest about the ups and the downs of following Jesus and that it's not always easy. But the Bible is also clear that God is always with us, that he will never leave us, that his love is unfailing and that actually no one is more worthy of our trust than him. And so it may be that for some of you today, a step forward in hope is is saying something like, God, I want to trust you. I'm, I'm not in that place at the moment, but I do want to be. So would you help me to trust you more? And you know, when we do that, it doesn't always happen overnight. We can't like, just get instant hope. Uh, in fact, the Hebrew word for hope is the same as waiting. And so uh, to that one we read in the psalm when it said that that's what it was. And so to hope in the Lord is actually to wait for the Lord. And that is often, it's the waiting, isn't it, that often requires our trust. An amazing example of this is someone called um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Many of you may well have heard of him. He was uh, a pastor in Germany during the time of the Nazis and was, was known for actually speaking up against what was going on, even though there was much opposition to him. And he was banned from teaching. Uh, he was watched by like, the secret police, and he was eventually arrested, interrogated, and then he lived out the last few years of his life in prison before he was eventually executed. But even in those last few years, he still encouraged the people around him, and he taught the Bible there. And in those last few years, uh, he, he actually had pretty little to hope in from an earthly point of view. Um, but yet he was still full 
of hope. And in his letters that he wrote from prison, this is a prayer that he wrote of choosing to trust in God. So he said, in me there is darkness, but with you there is light. I am lonely, but you do not leave me. I am feeble in heart, but with you there is help. I am restless, but with you there is peace. In me there is bitterness, but with you there is patience. I do not understand your ways, but you know the way for me. You abide with me. When all men fail me, you remember and seek me. It is your will that I should know you and turn to you. Lord, I hear your call and follow. Help me. And now we are obviously not in a situation anything like uh, Bonhoeffer has experienced, but for many of us, hope may feel hard and trust isn't always easy. And I know for me over the last year, those five words, as you trust in him, haven't always come as easily as I thought they might. But when we can just begin to choose to trust God just that little bit, he will begin to fill us with his hope. And for some of you, that may mean uh, praying a prayer like that one we just read from Bonhoeffer. Sometimes when you can't even think of the words to pray yourself, reading what someone else has written down can be really helpful. And uh, for some of you, it might be a bit like me. There's a realization today that your hope is actually often elsewhere. It's in a different place. And today, there's that invitation to come back and to put your hope into the person who is really worthy of our hope and our trust. Because actually when we hope in him, we're not just hoping in an idea, we're hoping in a person. And so our, our hope actually looks like Jesus on the cross. It looks like an empty tomb. And our hope is actually an eternal hope that even goes way beyond this life. And it's not always easy, but guys, it is so important because where we place our trust and our hope is so often tied to our joy. And so as followers of Jesus, I guess for all of us, the question today is, will we trust in him? Will we wait for him? And will we invite him to come and fill us with his Holy Spirit?